Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everyone! I am Ashley Daniels here today with the coolest bunch of people. I love these two people. Do you think she's talking about us? Yeah, I don't know. I totally am talking about these people. Roxy Stryer. Hello! And... Do you want to introduce... Oh, it was like a pause. I was like, I should forget my name. And Dario! What's up, everybody? How you doing? He's the coolest man ever. And the coolest girl ever. And we are here for Untold. Wow, that's a really big prop star. Yeah, I um, feel like... I think you're the coolest ever. Really? Well, that's really nice. You know who's actually the coolest ever, though? Who? Our very own Marie Menounos. Yes, she is. I agree. I agree. That's a very unbiased opinion. Our only complaint us. about the show is that we wish it was more often. Very true. I think fans are saying that, too. Okay. Well, I, I think that we are now getting to a swing of things, what we're supposed to be every three weeks at this point. Yep. So this is good. And it's prepping us for Halloween. That's right. Tomorrow. The big day. Yep. And I, I love these Untold episodes because they are they don't happen so often. So when they do happen, I feel like it's like it's exciting because you're like, okay, this has been like, what, three, four weeks now? We need to get our yeah. Untold fix. So I actually I'm thought excited. that we got the coolest story that we've been told so far in tonight's episode with this whole transgender thing. Yeah. I was telling you guys a little bit about how I feel very ignorant to the subject matter and I and I do want to be more knowledgeable and I felt like this really did a good job letting us see a lot of different stories. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I really feel like I learned a lot from it tonight. Yeah, totally, sure. totally. And we, we paused like 15 times. We like, Wait, what was that? that? How, that's crazy. Well, that's the great thing about this episode is that or the show is that you can either watch it and wonder, you know, you could just watch it and kind of just be entertained by it. or And you can also just sit back and pause it and actually learn a ton of statistics about different things that we usually just walk by and don't really know about. They're just things that we think we know, but then we get there and we're like, wait, we actually didn't know any of this. Or even if you have ever been curious, you don't know whether you can ask certain things, you don't know who to yes. ask, you don't know where to find the information. Right. So I thought that was really, really cool that they addressed this. And it's it's different than, you know, we've talked about the royal wedding and different things that have been in the media so much. And yes, we are starting to see this in the media more, but I feel like we're really coming at the beginning of what's going to be a journey for transgender people. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there was so much information tonight that I really suggest if you're watching this after show because you missed the episode, go, you have to watch the episode because there's just so much information that we couldn't possibly ever give you. Right. And we there's just a lot have to of talk time. about something. Yeah. But, um, but there are a few things that we really wanted to um, touch upon that we thought were just this really stood out tonight. Um, so getting into the transgender transgenders part, uh, which is the first part, um, we had Laverne Cox that we talked about, Candace Kane, and Carmen Carrera. And three very influential women who really are so inspiring. Um, they really went full force and they uh, they made a change. They made a difference and they're continuing to make a difference today. Some really startling statistics that we'll get into, but also just 
really uplifting story by them. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get into a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know what I thought was really, really fascinating was how all three of these women are unbelievably famous now. And all three of them spoke about having incredibly supportive families. And there's no way that's a coincidence, that they are these confident, amazing women that felt okay going through transition and doing everything they did. And now they're on TV, they're in movies, they're all of these things. And they all had such great support systems. And they each addressed how there are other people out there that don't have those support systems. I just feel like your chances of living your dreams and making it are so much stronger when you have that love and support, which is a lesson to all of the people who are able to support different men, women, whoever it is going through situations like this. And I think even Candace had made a statement that uh, because of her family being, having, being so supportive that she was able to start something to like educate other people who right. don't have supportive families, who they can go to certain places and find out information or just find out, just get help, you know, or get support when they need it. Because, I mean, I think it's a rarity probably that so many that they were lucky enough to have such supportive families in this whole situation. Absolutely. Makes you wonder, uh, people that are raised in not-so-supportive families, if they have the same chance of really making a change physically and being able to just even mentally be okay with uh, coming out about this and, right. and, and explaining to people that this is how it is because it must be the most difficult thing in the world to have nobody supporting you and to feel so confused. Well, it's so interesting because nowadays if you come out to somebody because there's so it's so accepted or at least I feel as if it's so accepted among society now for people to come out of the closet and say, listen, I'm gay. Yeah. It usually or at least in the life that we're living out in Hollywood, it's perceived I, I can't even say well because it, it's nothing. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. But people know what it means. If you turn to somebody and you say, I'm gay, they know what that means. But if you said to somebody, you know, I am transgender or I actually feel like I'm a different sex, that maybe people don't understand what that is. So it's a different process to come out to somebody as transgender. Not that you should feel like you have to come out to anybody as anything, but if you do decide to share that with your friends, your family, whatever it is, people might not even know what they might say. What What do you mean? Right. What does that exactly mean? So it is a different process. Um, and I thought that, like you're saying, Ash, what about all the people out there that don't have those support systems? What do they do? Not that success always means being famous or being whatever, but to be successful, it's so much more difficult, whatever that means for you, if you aren't receiving help. Yeah. Yeah, And I also thought it was interesting, too, that I like how the episode explained to you really what these, what the definition of it really means. I mean, there's so many people who don't really know, as you were kind of saying earlier, like I used to think that transgender meant that you had fully had the surgery to transition into the opposite sex, but that's not the case. It could be where you are in the process of trans, you are in the process of, of changing your sex, or you just feel like you are the opposite sex. And that, you know, that's the difference between the two, the right. things that I felt before. So what I feel like I learned tonight, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I think the actual terminology that all of the men and women on the show used that had uh, gone through reproductive surgery or whatever it was was called transitioning. Yeah. That was what it meant to key. transition. Yeah. Right. So if you are transgender, it could mean you just identify as a different sex, but if you go through transition, it means you actually take medical steps. You've had the surgery. Right, exactly. So that was something that I didn't know before either. 
I mean, I also, going into that, just the surgery itself, which we heard Dr. Marcy Bowers, who herself is already transitioned, I believe. She's yeah. already gone in. She's a trans- transgender. After she had kids, she transitioned, yeah. Yes. And just going to that, that was so amazing to hear that she was the first doctor that was transgender that yeah. um, actually did this process, um, did this procedure on somebody. And not to get too graphic, but just to reiterate what was said tonight, um, interesting that you can actually have a fully working, productive uh, system down there if you decide to yeah. go either way. And that, to me, right. I, did, I never knew. I thought it was looks like aesthetically could change, but that physically you couldn't feel anything. But Well, no. not only do we see that they're able to be pregnant and be the other set, whatever it is. But we also find out that you're able to have feeling and that men and women kind of have the same feeling, things going on. And I'm like, wow, taking me back to anatomy class, I really (laughs) don't feel like I remember learning that, that we kind of all, tissue is tissue and sensitivity is sensitivity. So that was really interesting to me because I know there's no way I can stop somebody um, that is transgender and be like, hey, d- do you feel down there? Right what, right. what are you feeling? So I was really, it was cool how open everybody was with their stories and how open everybody was with their before and after pictures. That was shocking to me. Yeah. They look like completely different people mm-hmm. and such happier people. Yes, they look so different. Obviously, their hair, their boobs, whatever it is. But if you notice in all of those pictures beforehand, they look really like miserable in their own skin yeah. and after they just look so happy which is awesome i also That's found awesome. it interesting that two of them were twins it was uh yeah uh was it candace and had twin brothers right so um it would be interesting I, I wish that we actually had a chance to have them show their brothers just like talk to them as well just to see at what point did they really realize that their twin maybe was looking to transition into the opposite sex. I'm curious about statistics of how many people who are transgender actually do have twins and also do have members of the sex that they identify with. Because Yeah, we need to look into that. Yeah, absolutely. I just remember, I I look at things, I feel like I hear all the time, if you feel like you can relate, twins have like a weird bond, you know, And, and maybe that has something to do with what you relate to and what you identify as. I don't know. I, I'm obviously not a doctor, so I don't know if that's true, but it does seem like to have two transgender people in tonight's episode both have twin brothers, that was really... Yes. Well, I quickly Googled it, and I did see a bunch of articles. I'm like, damn, I need some more time so I can actually read through these. Uh, but I did see a lot of articles about twins and tw- uh, uh, specifically twin boys having a brother that was transgender and the other brother was was straight. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe like you, you said, it's, it's, I would love to see the statistics of that. Maybe you look at them and realize you are not the same as them and you don't identify the same way or whatever it is and then that's how you know. You kind of see like an alternate version of yourself and what that is and what you want to be. I really don't know. Right. Going into other st- going into actual statistics, startling statistics, um, Hearing that fifty percent of women are killed in the transgender community. No, it was fifty percent of the women. Fifty percent of the women in the gay, lesbian, transgender community Violence. that are killed are transgender. Are transgender. Are transgender. Yeah. That is, oh my god. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd never heard that before. I, I and I, I don't really know how that's possible. And also that fifty percent of women that are transgender experience some sort of sexual violence. It's just horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. 
I would like don't know the statistics fully of like you know what that really means within that fifty percent. But I would also guess maybe like because there's maybe there's uh, prostitution. There's other things that right. like, like uh, where men are seeking out prostitution and then they come across maybe a transgender and don't realize that it is a a, a man you're who, thinking you know, you're getting one thing you think you're getting, getting one thing that. and then it's another and maybe that equips to some of these murders i don't know you know that could be the case or see i was thinking maybe that but i don't know whether it's sexual violence pre-transition or post-transition because point, maybe yeah. it's something that makes them want to transition maybe it makes them identify with something a certain way after after feeling like they've been a victim of sexual violence i don't know i don't know I mean that would be that would be startling regardless just even if it was like you say if it was people that were before they actually realized it that would mean that 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 type of violence could cause you to actually feel that way I, I don't I, know if it would cause you to feel that way but maybe it would cause you to act on those feelings and yeah. know that you wanted to be true to yourself right. or something yeah. um yeah but I, like I said though at the top of the show the situations that we actually saw from the women that we're talking Laverne and all, all these women, they didn't seem like they were part of this 50%. Right. right. Um, and does that go to the support of the family? Does that go to the fact that they are in the light all the time and people think that they're fa- and they are famous? Or why are they? There are so many of them tonight and they didn't seem to fall on that 50%. Right. But they are taking a stance, as we said, and they are absolutely going to try to change this in any way they can. Um and just coming out, just being on the episode, just being open about this, you never know how many people they touch tonight that maybe will get the courage to to speak about this because they see these women so empowered. And yeah. so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. If, They're and, beautiful. And just glowing. And like you said earlier, Rox, or Dario, one of you said that he, um, that I think it was Candace, when she was at her brother's wedding, she had to be the... Um, the best man, best best man. man. Yeah. and she felt so bad the whole night yeah. oh, and she's like I just wanted her. to take that and I just I did too and I just felt so bad because I'm like there's a person that's just trapped inside their own body and I, and she said she had goosebumps on her legs when she thought about it again and she just like relived it and she, she's just so happy now and I just I hope all people can feel that happy in their own skin no matter what it is that they have to do to get to that point in their life yeah, yeah, and then I think that also with Laverne and with Candace, because they are getting these great roles on television, Candace is on Elementary, Laverne is on Orange is the New Black. I think, as we all do, we see television, we, we are influenced by what we see, the images on television, and if they're on there, you know, as transgender characters, and it's really shown in a more positive light, it's going to help the next generations to really understand and not be, you know, prejudice or racist towards the, this group of people. So I it agree all, with it all that. Helps. I do agree, but I wonder if the next step is them being on television not playing transgender roles, just playing women. Yeah. Because that's what they are now, you know, and and they do keep getting cast. Um, there's transgender roles on a lot of different shows now. One of them that they didn't talk about, Sons of Anarchy. Obviously, right. we saw Oranges of the New Black, Elementary. Um, American Horror Story. American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story and different movies. Also, there's a lot of roles for transgender people, but I wonder if that will transition to Candace just being a mom on a show. You know what I mean? Not being transgender. Just oh, being I definitely think so. Mom. I think that also with Candace, I think out of all of them, I felt like she, I, it was the most, she looked so feminine. I, it, it, the blonde one. Yeah, Candace, yeah, Candace and, I could, and Carmen. And, yes. They and, both. 
I mean, amazing, all three of them. Really? Amazing surgery if there's been any surgeries. But, but they I think it said like she was women. the shortest, so she at least appeared the shortest. No, so she, she was tall. She looked out of all of them. Maybe she was a little more um, petite framed, but I, whatever it was, when we saw the actual implants and everything, I mean, nothing looked fake. I mean, we didn't really get to see like Laverne like with her like a bathing suit or anything, right. um, or even I think Carmen. We may have seen with like a little crop top, but just seeing Candace's body, I was home. Oh, I mean, God, like, yeah, a better I, body than most girls I've seen. I just thought that they looked awesome. I thought that all of them looked awesome, and again, so much happier. Um, but like I'm talking about, I wonder if they're okay with just being able to identify as transgender, or if they just kind of want to quit that now and be like, okay, we're just women. Now right. we already went through all this. We're just women. Well, we heard Candace say the other that she was in um, West Hollywood of all places, and somebody wanted her to hear. Uh, they wanted her to hear that they were saying, "Is that a dude? Is that a man?" So yeah. they didn't really address this on the show. Just for anybody who doesn't live in this area um, and isn't familiar with West Hollywood, it's very uh, transgender, gay friendly. Yeah. It's known for that. Um, so just in case you guys don't know what they meant on the show when they said, of all places, it's yeah. just supposed to be a very open, accepting place. Right. And that, I mean, you're going to get that even as a straight person, no matter what, we're always going to get somebody saying something at some point in our lives that's going to try to, they're going to try to affect us or try to bring us down. Right. Um, but there she is on TV and she's like, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that laughing. person who talked about her, like, who are you? Dude, like, laughing all the way to the Yeah, bank. totally. So, please, these girls, they're so strong, and, and they did a great job, and it really was uh, very eye-opening. I can't believe that I didn't know about Thomas Beatty. You oh, were- yeah, Thomas Beatty, yeah. I mean, that was pretty, you know, historic. I mean, it was on a lot of the the networks. Uh, if, in case you don't know, Thomas Beatty was the pregnant man. Right. So, um, it, you know, it, I think that was on a lot of headlines a couple years ago. In, like, 2008, he did... Uh, maybe Barbara Walters or in Oprah, yes. I think, uh, and really explain the story. But, I mean, his story is even more interesting because he married a woman. Right. And then he got pregnant and had three children. So this is another thing that I found out, I think we all kind of learned tonight's episode, and they said it at one point so elegantly, but I don't remember what they said. It's uh, don't confuse your sex- somebody's sexual orientation with their sexual preference sexual or, some- preference, or something yeah. like that. Meaning, yeah. so a lot of these, a lot of people who are, start as men who identify as women, they can still either like women or like men because who you identify as doesn't dictate who you love. Absolutely. Which was really, really interesting to me. And once I started thinking about it, I was like, of course it doesn't, Roxy. Like, why, you know, how could you have thought that? But this was really cool to watch this, and that's why I really was fascinated by the Nick and Bianca story, too, how they both... They both were transgenders, and but they fell in love before one of them had gone through um, a transition or even before the other one had fully come out as identifying one yeah. way. It was just, I don't know. I think it's always so cool when you hear stories about love being love, no matter what the parts involved are. Right. Did it make you at all uncomfortable to see a man... Um, pregnant because I know Barbara Walters' interview was was shown a little bit and she did mention you know that seeing a man pregnant it's a little bit startling. You're I, just, I think she called it disturbing, yeah. which I thought was very strong. It was strong. I I and I also I totally disagree. So for me, I I mean at first glance I'm not going to say oh my gosh oh yeah another pregnant person. It's like yeah well that's a dude yes, but then you hear it and you're like that's beautiful because her her um her partner couldn't get pregnant because um, she right. had well, a... Well, his partner. Well, was, well, yeah, I'm saying if it... Well, it is... She has female genitalia, you know. Yeah, I th- but I think... Well, his partner... Yeah. 
had um, a hysterectomy, I believe. Yeah. And right. so wasn't able to get pregnant. So why wouldn't you and utilize your parts daughter. at that point yeah. and have a child together? That makes no sense. What's right. so disturbing about that? I mean, it, it's, but that? it's shocking. I mean, I, I can understand where it, it's shocking to the world because we just don't see that. You know, with a mustache, with a you know right. man on well, the cover of Time magazine, yeah. you know, holding his stomach. You know, uh, yeah, science is not there yet. Right. And, you I, know, I agree with that absolutely. But when I think of the word disturbing, I think of pictures of World War II. I think of like disturbing as like guts and blood word. and things that are like they make you sick to your stomach. That's how I think of the word disturbing, which is not how I think she right. was saying the word disturbing. Right. I think she was using disturbing as shocking. So right. when I hear disturbing, my definition is not how I believe she was saying it. I think probably Ashley, you're on the same page with that. Like yeah. I hear disturbing and I hear a negative connotation, but I think she just meant it as like a holy crap. Well, that's why this I thought different. it was start the word startling because, right. as you say, it was disturbing. But I took it as she actually was saying it in as if it were the word startling or shocking. Right, uh, came off completely wrong, and I mean, I really didn't think it was the right choice of words. But we all make mistakes. We all say words that we didn't mean. Uh, but at the right. end of the day, they have a, a, a very, you know, they're going to have a very healthy, beautiful baby, and they wouldn't have otherwise if if this person said, "Oh, I don't, I, I can't," because now I've identified with. Male physical form, and then the whole thing with the divorce. Divorce, yeah, was the same so sex. Bizarre. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. In Arizona, they couldn't have gotten married there, so they couldn't get divorced there. Like, what kind of a state doesn't want you to get divorced that didn't want you to get married in the first place? Right. That's just so ass backwards. There's not even anything to even say about that. It's right. just, it's just wrong. It, there's, that's it. It's wrong. There's, there's right and there's wrong, and there's black and there's white. Sometimes that is wrong. There's yeah. no gray area. There's I, no gray area with that one. I think I just thought that was truly strange. Ridiculous. Really. These people. I mean, <laughs> please. Oh, my gosh. Um, before we get into the next topic, is there anything else that stood out that you wanted to discuss about this? No, I think we kind of went through them. Yeah, I, re- I do, too. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I learned a lot from this episode. The two biggest things is really what transgender means overall. And then also the fact that I found it interesting that several of them still had the the love and liking of the same of the opposite sex meaning right. like uh, even Marcy Dr. Marcy Bowers was with was married to a woman previously when he was a man and then when he transitioned he was a lesbian, was a lesbian and was married another woman right. so i thought that was like really interesting because in my mind i was thinking like oh well you would probably want the opposite sex which is yeah. not the case you know whose story i wanted to hear more about though and i do have some questions and maybe it's because i do love her so much and i've followed her i watch orange is the new black like it's my job um do but, you? yeah i do i learn new things about you every day <laughs> <laughs> so laverne cox i thought it was so awesome and they were telling talking about her story briefly so she's the first trans person to be nominated for an Emmy, an Emmy and yeah. the first on the t- cover of Time magazine, which is yeah. amazing. So we heard about her story. She was on SVU as a transgender in 2007, 2009. She was um, on BH1 show Transform Me, where she not only started it, but produced it. And I was wondering, how did she get from being one time on SVU to being a producer of a show? You know, what... What am I missing in between those things? So I I want to hear more Lots about of her years journey. of hard yeah, work. There's probably other show you know, like guest yeah, appearances things. and things. Right. But I'm curious that. more about her story. Yeah. I really am. Just a, just yeah. as a person, not even as a learning more about her being transgender, which I'm also interested in, but just as a human being, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Absolutely. There are a lot of stories like that uh, where you wonder, how did they get from having one line to now being the star? There's always that area we just it's not on IMDb. We'll never really know, but <laughs> but I but I do agree with you. I, I that's very interesting. I, yeah. I'm sure we could find well, out. Well, like they say, to be an overnight success takes ten years. So yeah, sure, right. Exactly. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Okay, so going into the next part, uh, briefly, I wanted to get into the comedy part, which actually, uh, if you know me, you know, you'll know that I love I Love Lucy. Uh, Lucille Ball was I my know. idol my entire life. But um, in third grade, I actually read her book, and I realized how sad she was and, and how, how much uh, she went through so many difficult things in her life, and this was kind of her escape, comedy. So hearing about Robin Williams, Dane Cook, all of these comedians, and hearing how they really have a lot of dark paths, uh, a lot of dark history, and a lot of tragedy in their lives, um, I, I already knew it kind of, but I, still hearing it is, is, is very sad. It's, it is it's disturbing in a way just because you see these people making you laugh so much and then they're really hurting on the inside. Yeah, the part that stood out to me the very most, because we do know if you've been watching the news about Robin Williams and a lot of things has come up about comedians, we have learned a lot about how so many of them are dealing with depression and that's why they do this. The one line that stuck out to me most was Ethan Hawke talking about Robin Williams, which I'd never heard him say this, say, and so many other people have missed the mark at this point. This is years ago saying it's very clear he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. Which I, I I hadn't heard him say that, and it's just so interesting to me how intuitive some people are, especially when you are acting with somebody, working with somebody, to be able to see through the character they're playing and then the person they're pretending to be just as a human and then to their actual core. Yeah, see their souls. Yeah, uh, and some people did see his soul and some people see a lot of these comedians' soul, but it is... It, it's crazy all these people that make us laugh are not laughing so hard to themselves. Yeah, and then they said that the performers have the highest rate of suicide, which, you know, now looking back at, like, the Robin uh, um, Robin Williams story and you're talking about him just kind of hiding these things, I think a lot of times, as we were kind of saying before, that when you're performing, you, you kind of use that as your, your leverage to shield the pain, you know? And it's it's just crazy how, like, especially comedians, Comedians, probably I would think even more than like actors and actresses, comedians, because you always have to be on as a, a comic. You always have to be quick witted. You always, your brain is always moving. People so. come up to them and say, Tell me a joke. That happens. Right. I've talked to so many comedians where people recognize them in the street and be like, Tell me a joke. Say something funny. It's like, What? Right. You yeah. gotta always be on. So, like you're saying, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a ball whole game. different ballgame. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It, it, and it's one of those things where we just, until you hear about it, You'll, you would have never known otherwise because they just appear to have the happiest lives. And, um, and I think we all at some point probably met that person in school or, you know, on a team, a sports team or wherever we were doing where we were with other people where there was that class clown. And now you think back on that class clown that maybe always made people laugh and you think about their lives and you think maybe they were having a difficult time. Maybe they were going through something. You never know. Yeah. yeah here's the thing. Totally maybe or maybe not. You know, we, we that's the point. You don't actually It just makes you think know. twice now about everything in terms of some people that appear so happy. You know, nothing is as it seems and we'll Absolutely. never really know. And um, Dane Cook, I think one thing that stood out to me was hearing that he lost both his parents within nine, nine months. Nine months, that yeah, is of cancer. Unbelievable. Yeah. And to see that he is... You know, when I think of that and, you know, I, some of the strongest people I know have lost their parents. So I know that there is a way to 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 get not get over it, but to find a way to survive and get through it and um, and, and not let it take over you. And because and, I got, you know, you just can't imagine it until God forbid it ever happens. So to see him here and, you know, just working hard and everything, it's just it's very inspiring. It's interesting because he had already gotten to be a certain level successful when both of his parents mm-hmm. passed. And I think when that happens, a lot of times people look at it and they don't find it as tragic because they think, 
oh, well, it's not like he needed the financial support anymore. Oh, well, he was old enough. You know, when I was a little kid, if I heard from anybody that they lost their parents when they were 30 years old or whatever, I was like, oh, that's pretty old. But as we're kind of getting older, I'm realizing it's not old, you know. And so I, I don't know if people really realize how much he actually has gone through. I hadn't heard him speak about it this candidly, which I actually think was the benefit of Maria doing this interview. Um, if you guys follow Maria on Instagram or any social media, you guys know that she is very close with Dane Cook. They're they're good friends. So I thought that it was really nice that he was able to open up to her and feel comfortable enough yeah. to share his story with her and then her to share it with us. And then I think he dedicated his Troublemaker show yes. to Robin Williams, yeah. in fact, too. So I was surprised how affected he was by Robin Williams' death. I mean, not surprised, but when he said he cried for two days and couldn't, you know, it's, it's crazy. These comedians, they always say that they're kind of like a family. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like it. And I think also Robin was like, he was like the, the matriarch of comedy. You know, I mean, they, they had Whoopi Goldberg who was speaking about it tonight or on the show. Uh, how they, she felt like she lost a brother. They grew up together. Mm-hmm. You know, they were kind of doing skits together at the beginning. And then we, you know, looking back, like looking at television shows, like Robin was always in movies, you know, like everyone knew who he was and he seemed like such an approachable guy to everyone. Everyone could relate to Robin Williams. So I think it was such a blow to the to the comedy world and to the world just as a whole because he was that type of person that everyone seemed like, oh, if you go up to Robin Williams and talk to him, he'll he's going to be a really nice guy. Yeah. 